live from Celebración. Live interviews conducted with award recipients and honored guests at the Celebración 2018 conference held in San Marcos, Texas, and sponsored by the National Hispanic Institute. This is a conversation with Anita Fernandez, Distinguished Alumni Recipient. Interview conducted by Phil West. Okay, we're here at Celebración 2018 on Saturday morning. We're here with Anita Fernandez, who is this year's uh, honoree for uh, Distinguished Alumna for Community Leadership. So welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so first of all, I wanted to talk about your history with NHI because you've obviously, you've done it as a student, you've done it as a staff member, you've been incredibly involved um, with NHI through the years. Sure, yes. So um, I'm actually, in January, I'll celebrate my 20th anniversary with NHI. So oh, wow. it's been 20 years. <laughs> yes, I know, right? When you hear it, when you actually say it, um, it's a pretty long time. But something I'm very, very proud of, um, I started with NHI in 1999 as a freshman. Uh, I participated in the Great Debate. I did the Lorenzo de Savala Youth Legislative Session, the Collegiate World Series. I served as a high school staff member and trainer for the National Hispanic Institute at San Antonio, which was then the San Antonio Community Leadership Council. Right. Um, you know, and participated there locally. But then I also had the opportunity to serve as a staff member across the nation at different programs for the LDZ and the CWS. Um, I pursued a JFL internship when I was in college for two summers. One opportunity I got to be in Maxwell and work out of headquarters. Mm -hmm. And the second time I was a JFL intern, I actually got to work in our regional office, which was in San Antonio at that time. We had the regional director model. Right. And so I worked under Analco Gonzalez, who was the regional director then. Mm -hmm. And that kind of helped lay the groundwork for me to take over as regional director after I graduated uh, from Southwestern University. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then um, in in 2007, I began the uh, role of volunteer project administrator for mm. the San Antonio area, and I've been doing it since then. And in the past three years, we've actually been very excited because we've developed a co-project administrator role with one of our local college students. And so, although I love being there, um, it's kind of been a great time to see the transition of leadership and the transition of roles and so that's um that's been what i've done throughout mm. my course of my involvement so what was it that got you first involved in nhi so a lot of people don't know this about me but i was actually forced by my parents to <laughs> <laughs> start with the national hispanic institute um, and uh, one of my colleagues who is being honored Annalisa escobar her family and our fam my family go very way back mm -hmm. and um, they told my parents, you need to do this, she needs to do this, that's the end of it. So my parents said, okay, well you're gonna do it and I kind of dodged um, the involvement and the phone calls and the recruitment for a little bit and finally they got a hold of my parents. My parents met the Gonzalez family who was doing um, the SACLC at that time in San Antonio mm -hmm. and they were sold, they said you're doing it. Um, it was kind of a tumultuous process. Right. I was involved in a lot of things like many students are. Uh, I got through the great debate, loved the experience, and from then on, it was set that this is something I was going to be involved with for the rest of my life. So what, what made a change from, oh, I have to go to this thing, to I want to go to more of this? I think for me, I, this was the first time that I truly saw myself in my peers and in the experience that I was in. I know we, as a PA, we always ask families and students why they get involved, and you get an array of answers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times it's, I want to be a better public speaker. I don't have a lot of confidence. I want to build a resume. I want to have involvement with students who are, you know, very smart and, and go-getters. And for me, 
those were never really issues that I had. I always could speak in public. It, it helped hone those skills, but it wasn't something I was afraid of. What I didn't really have was an opportunity to take a lot of pride in my culture and my community and recognize that those were a foundational mm -hmm. basis um, that I could build my life off of and that other people around the country and the world could build their life right. off of. And so being there, I made these connections with people that I had never made anywhere else. And I still have never made connections like that outside of the National Hispanic Institute. So I think that's what really sold it for me. Right. And I know when you were in high school too, that you were involved in recruiting fellow classmates. Yes, absolutely. Um, there was, through the local organization, there was an opportunity to kind of start NHI clubs, if mm -hmm. you will, on campuses that helped with the recruitment because we had kind of a constant communication and presence. And so um, that was started actually by another member of um, the organization locally, Anelco Gonzalez, but I was able to start a chapter at Incarnate Word High School. And so mm -hmm. I founded it. I was the president. Um, it kept alive for about five or six years after that, which is right. great. Um, and even today in San Antonio, we have certain iterations at different high schools of this mm -hmm. club that's kind of morphed and evolved over mm -hmm. the years um, but I've always been I mean there has never been a day that um, I have not recognized NHI as an important part of my life right. um, in my yearbook from high school the quote for me for most likely to was most likely to be president of the National Hispanic Institute so <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think people in my high school and, and right. people I'm involved with recognize you know the importance mm -hmm. that it's played in my life and still plays in my right. life and for those who don't know Incarnate Word is an all-female high school yes as well uh -huh. so can you talk a little bit about that just the again because I know that, that that's a school that really emphasizes um, leadership for young women mm -hmm. and you know clearly there are opportunities to, to cultivate that in NHI sure yes yeah. so um, you know, it is, it's one of the top high schools in the city, in the state. Uh, it was a great experience for me because it was an all-female high school. Um, but that is one of the tenets, you know, is, is leadership and community involvement and service. And so um, it fit very nicely into the expectations that we had as a campus. Um, but I think for me, even more than the high school, my family really set a strong foundation of leadership and and kind of they were involved in all the things you could be involved in at school they would attend all the things you know they would donate they would sponsor they would and so there was always this uh, no matter how busy you were there was always this sentiment that you were going to be involved and contribute positively and so i think that combination of incarnate word and the foundation that my parents had laid um, kind of made that fit very well during right. my high school years. Right. And so so after your NHI experience, uh, you were instrumental in founding OCI Group? Yes, so OCI Group, our community Inc. is a social purpose consulting firm that mm -hmm. um, I have am a co-founder and started with five other individuals who are all NHIers and uh -huh. we all met through NHI and so had we not participated in the organization, OCI Group would not have existed because we would not have had those connections made. Um, we all came from different parts of the city, different high schools, mm -hmm. um, and we one day uh, were sitting around kind of talking about our experiences and, and obviously having this concept that was instilled, as, instilled in us in NHI of creating you know, your own world, your own destiny, not taking no for an answer, not letting other people dictate what you want to do and what you want to accomplish. And so um, as a result of a meeting we had at UTSA downtown, uh, we decided that we would start this consulting firm. And the social purpose aspect is also reflective of our involvement with the Institute, you know, always making that impact on your community, serving the mm -hmm. community um, and creating a space where your community will thrive. 
And so what at your inception did you envision OCI Group to be? And then what has it become as you've, as because you've, it's, it's been around 10 years now? Nine years. Nine we years, just okay. celebrated, yes. Yeah, so we just celebrated nine years. So I think we're actually very fortunate that social purpose consulting and, and providing expertise and insight has always kind of been the foundation, the base of it. And so all of us have very different backgrounds. We've all lived all over Latin America. You know, we all have uh, higher education degrees. And so we have those levels of expertise. We've worked in different arenas before founding the company. Um, and so providing those areas of expertise to people while being able to make money doing that is something that we um, have thought long and hard about because I think a lot of times people think you can only do good in a community by serving and not really benefiting from it but you can also do good in a community to make money and to make mm -hmm. money for that community and so that's kind of always been a foundational piece for us I think what we see in our consulting and the evolution is the need to make sure that although we're helping whether it's a nonprofit or a for-profit that we have this commitment to being engaged and this commitment to ensuring that our community is going to benefit and going to have the best that it can. And also one of the distinctions for us that is reflective of NHI is that asset mentality. A lot of consultants you hire go in and say, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, and we're gonna fix it. Mm. Our approach is this is what you have going for you and this is how you capitalize on that to be able to make whatever changes or transformations that you want to make in your organization. And the mindset is you don't want to have a consultant for the entire trajectory of your career as a business. You want sure. to hire someone to come in, get what you need done, and then they move on. And you're able to continue as that entity on your own. And so that's kind of the approach that we've taken as well. That makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. so CSE fits into those? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. We Community equity building, we always try. Um, to work with uh, people that we know, you know, making sure, and, and a lot of it too, we talk about when we hire and work with different clients, there are clients that have approached our company that we've turned down because they don't identify with that model and the community equity building and mm. being able to support in a positive way. And that's the reality, you know, people can choose to do business however they want to do business. That's just not how we choose to do business. And so I think that that is absolutely ingrained in our everyday activities as a firm. Right. Is there a recent case study you can point to that, um, that exemplifies what you do? <laughs> okay. So currently, I actually serve as chief of staff for a state representative here in Texas, Right. Um, but I am still an, a co-owner, co-founder of OCI Group. And so to answer the question, they're not clients of mine, but clients of the company. Sure. Um, examples Understood. include, you know, we, uh, the company represented Lyft, um, mm -hmm. which is the rideshare company. Sure. It's very much ingrained in community activism, social awareness, social mm -hmm. impact. And so when, and I don't know if you know this, but there's actually an NHI in their national office, oh, wow, um, Veronica okay. Juarez. Okay. Who, and so that was how the connection was made, was Got it. through those relationships. And when they came to OCI Group, it was uh, knocked it out of the park. Of course, it is in line with what we believe. Um, and I'll be honest, there were other rideshare companies that had approached OCI Group as well uh, to represent them. And the decision was made not to because they weren't in line with those same values and those same um, approaches that Understood. Lyft was. Right. Lyft obviously uh, was right in line with how we do things and what we do as a consulting firm. So it was an easy decision to work with them. 
uh, we had been approached by another rideshare company who was not in the same um, line of thought and focus that Lyft was. And so we actually said no to that particular client because of that. And so I think other examples, uh, we also work with nonprofits. For uh, example, there's a nonprofit, it's one of the oldest in the city of San Antonio called House of Neighborly Services. Um, and that nonprofit provides services to the west side of San Antonio from housing to food to shelter to educational. Uh, and they wanted some assistance with setting up an, a strategic plan and their development you know, for their business model for the next 50 years. And so we went in and worked with them there. Uh, and so you go from a very corporate model to a very nonprofit model. And that's something that we're able to switch back and forth with, with ease because we maintain those values and that focus of social impact, community impact, and making sure that the bottom line is you're doing good as a business who we're serving, but that our company is also on a daily basis doing good in the community. Right, right. Yeah. So, but you were saying you're on hiatus with OCI right now yes. because of your work with uh, Diego Bernal? I am. I actually um, tell people I'm on sabbatical right okay. now. <laughs> um, that's the term I use. And so, sure. I, yes, I, I have now served as chief of staff for state representative Diego Bernal. And that relationship, actually, I had known him when he was a city councilman. I was mm -hmm. an appointee of his on an education commission for the city of San Antonio. And so I had an opportunity to know him before this. And because I own my own company and we own our own company, um, it was something that when he asked if I could serve in this position mm -hmm. um, for him, it was uh, not an easy decision to leave OCI Group, but it was a decision that I was able to do. Um, and collectively as a company, we were able to to give this opportunity and, and I've been here, um, this will be my third year going into my fourth year. Oh wow, okay. um, So I did one session with him and I'll be completing the second session at the end of May. And um, it's been a great experience. He is definitely a public servant and a, a, a civil leader and a state leader that um, I think breaks the mold of what you traditionally find, especially in our Texas state legislature. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I was going to say, because you have people like Mary Gonzalez, who Correct. we honored last year, who was an NHIR, yes. and then you have people that come at it from, shall we say, completely different perspectives Absolutely. in terms of community building. Absolutely. And we work very closely with Mary, and I've known Mary for a long time as well. And, um, you know, obviously, Representative Larry Gonzalez, who's since retired, was right. an NHIR. Um, I found out there's a couple of other, I think, Armando Wally. Um, is also an NHIR. Oh, okay. um, yeah, so there are a couple, not a lot, but you can tell for sure um, by their approaches, by their mm -hmm. uh, philosophy, and also, you know, just you hear people say all the time when, when individuals speak publicly, you can tell they're NHIRs too. And right. so I think all of that is reflective in being able to see it play out um, in the legislature. Mm -hmm. But with all this this busyness, then you've still found time to project administer in, in San Antonio. Absolutely, absolutely. And anything that I've ever done, it's always kind of been a, all right, you have to understand that if I'm going to do this, you have to provide me the time to be able to continue to volunteer in this capacity. These are my obligations and my requirements and responsibilities that I um, willingly choose to do. And so in that, uh, if, if they can't get on board with it, then it's typically not something that I do. <laughs> so what about what about the kids now that, that you're working with in San Antonio? What's, what's similar and then what's different from thinking back to your, your high school times? Yeah, so there's a lot that's different um, and not in a negative way. I think what we see more is just information and access is, is so much quicker and faster and accessible now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even for communities that 
historically don't have access, you still see this increase because everything's kind of just thrown in your face all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that that also has a direct um, kind of connection to how they perceive, how they process, how they Mm -hmm. internalize things that are going on around the world and and in their communities. Um, And I think it's a good thing because they can kind of get out of their bubbles per se because a lot of times our kids when we first meet them as freshmen are in these little bubbles that they activate in but then you also want to try to protect them sometimes from some of these things that they now have very easy access to Mm -hmm. Um, and i think that's another within hi i always appreciate that we have this protected area where they can try things out and practice and Mm -hmm. and really experience communication navigation of systems um, you know, developing plans of action and, and what they intend to do in their communities in a safe space so that if they do make those mistakes, there are people around them who care for them and love them and will make sure that it's a mistake that can be fixed or dealt with versus having that happen out in the world where there isn't that safety um, surrounding them that's supporting them like NHI is. And so I think although it might be a negative, at some points it's also a positive because it allows us to deal with those very real issues in a safe space. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thanks so much, and congratulations yeah. on the award, and Thank 20 you. years. And yes, 20 years. And there, and there are more coming, right? Oh, 100%. There will not be a day that I'm not involved. <laughs> not always as PA. That is one thing. I won't be PA for another 20 years. You'll hand off at but, some point. <laughs> yes, but I will always be involved and always support in any way I That's can. wonderful. Well, thanks again. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. For more information on the National Hispanic Institute, visit our website, www.nationalhispanicinstitute.org. Music by Andres Cotto. This podcast was partially sponsored by Union Pacific. We thank them for their generosity in sponsoring the NHI Podcast Network.